You know, I feel like there's this kind of community of sorts on social media or in small towns where you're you're connected with people that you feel are going to mesh well or fit well with what we've got going on. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Hey there, welcome to the Small Minded Podcast, everybody. I'm Molly Knuth, your host, And today, I'm bringing in a super special guest. Jamie Gavley of Rendered Unique in Decorah, Iowa, is the owner and design visionary behind this handmade business. And inside Rendered Unique, if you go visit their storefront on Water Street in Decorah, you'll find handmade items from makers who are all over the Midwest, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois, and they're all female makers, which makes this even more special. I loved being able to visit Jamie's store earlier this year, and I got to see the Midwest Girl, Dirt Road Candle Company, Doe Deer, and so many other great female businesses in real life. The other cool thing about Rendered Unique is the heart that lies in the middle of this business. You'll hear Jamie share her story and the memories that are associated with each and every piece that is brought onto her shop floor. Now, if you're not a local to Northeast Iowa, don't worry. You can always access Rendered Unique online as well. And through their social media posts, and especially if you're on the email list, you will see Jamie's stories, read them, and feel the heart that is in this business. What I think is the most cool about what Rendered Unique is today is the way Jamie has evolved over the years and really focused on building community, more so than just a business. She actively takes part in her Decorah area events. She is intentional about the people that she cultivates relationships with, whether it be the people who are part of her events or the makers she brings into the store or the team members who help Rendered Unique operate. Jamie is just the sweetest person and I think you're going to hear that in today's episode. So without further ado, let's dive into this episode with my friend Jamie Gavley of Rendered Unique Decorah. Business owner, I know that it's hard to do all of the things, especially this time of year as we're going into the fall. So if you're looking for support in your business marketing or admin, our team here at Molly Knuth Media has you covered. For everything from graphic design to web design, logo design, even just strategizing and laying out a plan for your marketing approach so that you're not guessing all the time, you know what's going to work for your business. Whether you need tactical hands-on help or if you just need a plan to bring it all together, you can contact Molly Knuth Media at hello at mollyknuthmedia.com to inquire about how our services and our team members can help you. And if you're somebody who likes to get your hands dirty and DIY, you need to check out our social school option. 
You can join Social School one month at a time or take advantage of our rest of the year offer by heading to mollyknuthmedia.com slash shop. Social School is our signature program here at Molly Knuth Media, and it helps small town, small business owners understand what's working right now on social media. I give you a plan so that you can execute your content and know what to talk about and when so that it gets you to your goals. And it's a community of other fantastic small town business owners that you can be accountable with or bounce ideas off of. So head to mollyknuthmedia.com slash shop if you want to get in on social school with me. Welcome to the podcast, Jamie. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you, Molly. I appreciate you having me on. Um, listeners, you don't know this, but this is like the fourth attempt Jamie and I have had to get our schedules to align. It's just like at the time of this recording, it's the end of summer. We're all hyping up for school to start and scheduling. And I'm sure so many listeners can relate to this. Scheduling is a beast. Yes. This week has been crazy running kids, trying to get ready. School starts Tuesday. Yeah. Appreciate you being flexible. Ah, same. So today we're going to dig in. I, so I've known Jamie, I've known of Jamie for a few years, but we got to know each other really well, late 2021 and throughout 2022. And I was like, we have to have her on the podcast because Jamie is such a great example of a female business owner, entrepreneur who is bringing together other entrepreneurs and community. She loves her small town. She does so much to uplift her small town. And it's just all the things that this podcast cares about. So I am super excited to share your story today. So why don't I just let you dive right in, give us a little bit more about the name of your business, what it is exactly you do, and you can tell us about your family, where you're at, any of the good things, Jamie. (laughs) Hi, I'm Jamie Godley. I've rendered unique in Decorah, Iowa. Uh, Rendered Unique is a home decor and gift boutique. Uh, We feature 30 plus makers in store currently. A lot of our merchandise is all handcrafted items, home decor, accessories, jewelry, and then some Midwest inspired apparel. I'm married to Joe. We'll be celebrating our 15 year wedding anniversary in November. And I'm mom to two girls. Uh, Maggie is 12 and Elsie is just turning 10. Oh, and the thing, which we're going to get into this, but like, like you said, a lot of the merchandise that you carry is handmade and it's from Midwest women makers. And I think that is so, so cool. Yes. And there's it does so make many, you- so many people doing really cool things. Mm. And we'll dive into some more of those and we can mention some of the brands and people you carry in a little bit. But I want to hear a little bit more about your personal side before we dive into the businessy things. So Jamie, tell me a little bit about how you grew up. Did you grow up small town? Did you always know that like the community that you lived in would have a place in your heart? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I actually, um, I grew up on a farm in Northwest Iowa. Um, graduated from small town Emmitsburg population around 4,000. So yeah, super small town. I loved growing up in a small town. I was close to both of my sets of my grandparents. I had family around, loved the community. 
my grandparents lived literally a half mile down the road from me. So I spent so much time with them. My dad farmed. And yes, I love growing up in a, in a small close knit community. I still have many of uh, my same good girlfriends that I had from high school. We still get together. You know, when I turned 18, I couldn't wait to get out of small town, Iowa and experience new things. But, you know, as I got older and then was going to have my first, my first baby, I kind of thought, yeah, I'd really want to get back to Iowa and back to small town and, and kind of raising our kids, just how we were raised. And knowing you and working with you over the last year, I know that those formative years of growing up and being so close to your grandparents, that really did kind of set the tone for you. And Jamie is a natural storyteller. She's so good at it. And I love reading your posts and your emails and where you tell those stories about specific memories you have growing up and with your grandma and the traditions your family had. And it's so cool to see how some of those traditions that you formed as a little girl, like they're still present today, not only in your life, but in this business that you've built. And I think that's really, really a special thing about you and your business. Thank you. You're very sweet. So what did it look like when you said, okay, I know after high school, I'm ready to get out of here. I'm going to the big city. So what was the quote unquote big city for you? And what was your big city experience? Um, so I was, I've always had an interest in like fashion, interior design, all things like that. So always was into kind of decorating and things like that. And um, Iowa State actually had a uh, apparel merchandise program. So I, I found that and I, I loved Iowa State. I had a lot of family members that went to Iowa State. So I knew that's where I wanted to go and um, major in apparel merchandising, design and production. So I went to Ames, did four years there, loved it there. Met some great friends there that are still, still close with me today. And then after Iowa State, yes, my goal was to get get out of town and go to Minneapolis, (laughs) big city to me. So literally, I think we graduated on a Saturday and on Monday morning, my good friend, Allison and I moved up to Minneapolis, uh, with her parents took us with their hog trailer. So literally Mm. two farm girls straight off the farm, going to the big city. And (laughs) I love that. That is fantastic. Neither one of us had a job. I don't know what our parents were thinking, but we had an apartment and we were on the job hunt and two 22 year olds just, I don't know, thinking that they were going to take on the world, take on the world. Yes. Take on the world and find their dream jobs. We both were in merchandising. So we both kind of had the same degree. We're both kind of looking, we wanted to both work for target corporation. That's, that was where our, where we were headed. So Anyway, we headed to Minneapolis and long story short, yes, we both ended up with jobs in merchandising. Al worked for Target and I ended up at Marshall Fields, which was owned by Target at the time. And yes, we both ended up with jobs downtown Minneapolis and we were living the high life as two, two 20 year, two year olds fresh out of college. What were some of the biggest takeaways you had, like from your experience being grown up small and then you went to Ames, which is like kind of it's not small, not huge. Um, but then you went to Minneapolis. Were there any things that you were like, whoa, this is what I expected being in the big city or, whoa, this is absolutely not what I had in mind. Um, honestly, I loved it. 
I, it was being at that age, I think it was the perfect time to move away and just kind of spread our wings. We had some other college friends that lived up there. So we kind of had a group of people that we could kind of hang with. And I don't know, it just was a whole different experience being able to work downtown at a big, big city, if you want to call Minneapolis big, but um, just having that whole new experience and vibe and I, we loved it. And just meeting all the new people, it was just a whole different, different space than what we were used to or what I was used to anyway. So cool. So while you were working for Marshall Fields, yep. at some point you, maybe I'm putting the cart before the horse, some point you met your husband, Joe, right? How did that come about? Yeah. Joe and I actually met, uh, through mutual friends up in the cities. He's, uh, born and raised in Decorah and he, uh, graduated from Luther, um, and also moved to the cities after he, he graduated college and yeah, he ended up moving in with some friends of ours that I knew from college and we'd hang out on the weekends. And one weekend, Allison and I came over and they're like, this is our new roommate, Joe. He sleeps on our couch. <laughs> and um, yeah, we were friends for almost a year before we even started dating. So yeah. And then, yeah, it just ended up being two Iowa kids in the cities. And I don't know, got married three, three years later. Yeah. Three years later. So. And then when did you guys have the discussion? I think you kind of alluded to this earlier. When was it the discussion of, okay, we are ready to set down roots for our family and we need to decide where we're going to do this at. So can you walk us through that, that frame of mind that you had going into that conversation and then where that ultimately led you? You bet. Um, yeah, I mean, we were both working jobs up in the cities, probably working a lot, like jobs that were, you know, 40 to 50 hours a week. Joe was traveling a lot. Um, and then we got pregnant with our first Maggie and I don't know, I feel like priorities just kind of changed at that time. I just felt I won't really wanted, we both really wanted to get back to Iowa at some point in time and be closer to family and just raise kids kind of in the small, small town that we kind of grew up with and have that feel that close knit feel, be closer to, to family and and all the things that a small town has to offer. So Joe actually ended up with a job opportunity come up in Decorah. And um, I don't know, we kind of talked about it and we're like, let's, let's give it a go. I loved Decorah when he would bring me back to visit. I think he was more apprehensive than I was. I was, I was all, all in. So we literally had Maggie and moved a week after she was born. So, <gasps> oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of life changes all at once. A lot of life changes. Yes. But we love it. We've been here for 12 years now. And I mean, it was the best decision we've, we've ever made. For anybody listening, who's not familiar with Decorah, can you kind of paint us a picture? Because I feel like this is a town that is very, I feel that from outside looking in, like this is a town that has an identity. It has like almost a brand in and of itself. Um, so can you like kind of share that with us for people who aren't yeah. familiar with Decorah, Iowa? Absolutely. Um, so Decorah is located in, it's called the Driftless region of Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Illinois. Uh, so Northeast uh, corner of Iowa. And where I grew up, you know, is all flat farmland. 
And then coming over here, I mean, it doesn't look like Iowa. There's tons of rolling hills. There's uh, bluffs. There's rivers. There's Luther College, which I think brings a ton of, um, what do I want to say, arts and culture to the area. We've got a great, vibrant downtown. It's become kind of a destination place for a lot of, for a lot of folks. A lot of tourists love to come and hike, fish. We've got two great breweries in town. So I just feel like it's kind of become a destination in, in Iowa or even from, for a lot of people from Minneapolis or Wisconsin. There's just lots to do, lots to do outside, lots to see. Um, it's a beautiful area. And I think that's so cool that you were like, okay, we have this opportunity. Let's go all in. We're going to make this place our home. And I think that when I think of you and your business, it's like, you've got to be a lifer of Decorah because like just what you bring to the town and what the town gives back to you. I'm like, oh, she's just like part of the fabric of the community. So I think to add to what you've described about Decorah, like there seems to be a very welcoming vibe and an active, an active population, I guess, is what I see from the outside looking in. Yes, I would say, I mean, even in the 12 years we've been here, I feel there's been so many young people moving back to the area, either Decorah grads or Luther grads. So that's really exciting to see. And yeah, it, it, I feel like it's a very welcoming community. Like I said, we've got a vibrant downtown. We've got great schools, lots to offer folks that are thinking of moving back to a small town area. So cool. So at what point of you've now moved back to Decorah, you're raising a young family. At what point did these little entrepreneurial seeds start to sprout? Like, as you referred to earlier, like you always kind of had this love of design and like making things. So walk us through those initial ideas of what rendered unique could be. Yeah. So I totally do not, did not see myself as owning a business or as an entrepreneur, but like I said, I've always had an interest in design, home decor. I was always doing projects around my house. And then I think in 2018 or 17, Allison, my good friend, Allison was actually doing this concept in the cities where she was bringing in local makers from around uh, the prior Lake area. And she has her own business, which we feature in our store. She has the hand-painted signs. And so I, I was doing trips up to the cities to attend these events that she was having along with my good friend, Amanda. And they just were awesome. I loved that she was pulling in all these local makers and just, I'd always been a fan of going to kind of like vintage shows or markets, things like that. And just kind of finding these unique things people were doing. So I said to Al, I was like, Hey, when are you coming to Iowa? I'm always trying to get her to move back to Iowa. Cause she's an Iowa gal. <laughs> born and, and I was like, when are you going to come to Decorah and do one of these events? And she's like, Jamie, why don't you just do it yourself? And I was like, oh, I guess I could. So <laughs> thankfully, there's a ton of cool artists and makers in our area specifically, which I had already been following or purchasing things from. And Amanda, my good friend was uh, very kind of into the concept too. So her and I just kind of decided let's try to pull something like this together for our area. 
we didn't really have a, any, anyone doing something like this and felt decor kind of needed a home decor store of sorts. And why not make it a place where we're featuring, you know, people that live in this area or the Midwest. So yeah, our first pop-up was, um, October of 18 and we had kind of curated a group of makers and artisans that we really thought fit well together or that we really enjoyed. And yeah, it was, it was a success. I felt like the community really responded positively to us and we just had a blast. So going into that, since the, I feel like 2017, 2018, now it seems like there's been this movement for like handmade, more of like the getting to know the person behind the product. But I feel like in 2017, 2018, you and your friends were very much on the front edge of this big trend. So when you were doing the pop-up shop, did you have any expectations? Did you have any reservations going into the first event? And then what were those expectations or how were those expectations met when you looked at it afterwards? Um, yeah, I feel like, I mean, Amanda and I were both, Amanda's a teacher and she's a prof up at Luther, um, and taught at Decor high school. So, and I was actually working a full-time job as an admin up at Luther. So we were both doing full-time jobs. Um, this was just going to be kind of a side gig. Let's give it a go. Um, if it doesn't go well, well, we tried, if it does go Mm -hmm. well, all the better. And I mean, after the first one, I, I was completely hooked. I was like, this is amazing. I loved everything that went into it. I loved the relationships we were creating with these makers. And I couldn't wait to do the next one as soon as we finished the October one in 2018. Mm. I love that part of the story where it's like, I just was doing this for fun. And then it rolled into this thing that was something I felt passionate about. So I, I love that about your story. So after that first pop-up, when was the next one? Um, so then we did another one in spring of 19. And then at that time I had it in my head that this is something I just kind of wanted to keep doing. Like, I think I was already scheming, dreaming, like, could this be like a a full-time gig? So we did one in the spring and then another one that summer. And then I ended up uh, deciding to keep moving forward with it and be open one weekend a month. And at that time, I was also able to rent the space that I'm currently in now. So in July of 19, I started renting the, the space where the store is located and yeah, started being open one weekend each month. And then how did that look being open one weekend a month? Were you consistently busy? Were there ebbs and flows in the retail market at that time? Or what did that look like? At that time, I felt I I was consistently busy. I think like kind of creating that excitement of, um, you know, we're only open these three days during this month. Like if you're going to shop with us, you have to, you need to come during those three days. So I think just kind of creating that excitement and urgency really brought people, people into the shop. So yeah, no, that was, that was a great time. And it, like I said before, it was before the pandemic too. So I feel like people were still, still shopping, still out and about still enjoying life. 
<laughs> I, I'm so impressed by this model that you had, because like you said, with it only being open one weekend a month, you created that sense of urgency. And for a lot of business owners, you know, it might look like we have this idea, we think it's awesome. So we go and we build this big thing and then we share it with the market. But I love that you took this approach of like doing the pop-up, then going to one weekend a month. So you built a brand, you built a name for yourself and you were using this proof of concept to then get you to the full-time shop model that you operate now. And I think that sometimes we get these ideas of what a business should be in our head. I used air quotes again. Uh, but I get, I think we have a lot of ideas. Like if I want to run a boutique, it should be built this way. I should be open this number of days a week in these hours. But I think that your story goes to prove that you can build it the way you want to so that it fits and it gets your audience warmed up. It fits your lifestyle at the moment and you can build it from there as you have time, energy, and response from your audience. So I think that was so, so cool. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was working a full-time job still. So it was, that's what worked for me. You know, I knew I could devote one weekend a month and have everything ready to go. That gave me a month or three weeks out of a month to get the shop ready and then be open those three or four days and then do it all again the next month. So very yeah, cool. It worked for us at the time, which was great. And I think it, it kind of slowly built our brand and slowly built our customer base, which was great. Cause then I felt like I could launch full-time and be, be successful. So tell me about that transition. So we've talked about the idea of the pop-up then going to the one weekend a month. So at what point were you thinking, okay, I'm ready to take this full-time and then what were some of those brand relationships you had to establish? What were some of those steps you had to take to change from that one weekend a month model into more of a full-time shop? So I would say in the fall of 19, I was kind of already thinking, you know, I, I'd like to do this full-time. I mean, it was at my, my other job and all I thought about all day was rendered unique and what I was going to do with rendered unique and contacting my makers from there. And that just gave me so much joy and excitement thinking about that. So I knew that's what I wanted to do full time. So I ended up uh, deciding that winter I would resign from my job at Luther. So I resigned in February of 2020. And then um, my plan was to have my March market, my weekend, and then be open full time in April. And then, of course, the pandemic hit. So uh, ended up. <laughs> quitting my job, had my March market, and then was closed down for those eight weeks that we were all shut down. Thankfully, I had had Regan from Doa Deer Design was already designing my website for me. And she had had that finished up by January of that year. So I was able to launch my website at that time during the shutdown. So that was super beneficial in helping me kind of get through those eight weeks of being shut down and people could do online shopping, pick up outside the store whatever worked best for them. And then in May of 2020 was when we opened full-time weekly, Wednesday through Saturday, every week. Oh my gosh. I think right now for 
boutique owners and business owners in the retail space specifically, it can feel like so much to have to have a website and an online presence plus your physical storefront. But to your point of your story, like there are going to be times where your website sales are helping you out. And there's going to be times where your in-person store is really bringing up the bottom line. Yes. So oh, I'm so thankful that you had that in place at that time. And was and the response from the community pretty supportive throughout all of that? Absolutely. I mean, this community, I will say they, they are so supportive of local makers and shopping small, shopping local. So yeah, it was just a huge benefit to have that option for them during that time. And you have a pretty powerful social media presence too. I think that the way you tell stories and the way that you, like, you can just feel your heart in what you put out. Did you have a lot of response via social media as well? Yeah. In those I mean, early days? yeah, definitely. Thank, I mean, social media, it's kind of a double-edged sword, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But yes, absolutely. I feel like social media was a huge um, catalyst for us to get our name out there and, and grow and be able to tell people who we were, what we were doing, tell them about our makers um, and build our brand. Hmm. So good. Let's talk about your makers for a little bit. Yeah. Because I know you love the people that you work with so, so much. Yes. What were some of those brands that were like your first anchor brands where you were like, okay, we're going to carry this one in the shop and maybe talk about some of like your close personal relationships that have formed as a result of this too. Sure. Yeah. Some, some of our makers that have been with us from the beginning are Allison, Allison Marie design, and she's my good friend from college. Regan from Doa Deer Design. I believe I was just following Regan on Instagram and just loved her products and just reached out to her and was like, Hey, we're doing a little pop-up shop here in Decorah. Would you be interested? And she was all in Marissa from the Midwest girl. She's been with us from the beginning. She, I came across them when we were down in Dubuque, uh, for a girls girls weekend with my mom's side of the family. And my one cousin was like, Oh, we got to stop at the Midwest girl. And I had never heard of them at the time and popped into her shop and absolutely loved her adorable store. And she was the one working behind the counter and was just so chatty and friendly and kind of was giving me the lowdown on her brand and, and what they were all about. And I fell in love immediately. I was like buying sweatshirts and t-shirts as many as I could grab at the time. And I just said to her, I kind of told her about what we were doing in Decora, And I was like, if you'd ever be interested in having your shirts in our shop, we would love to have you. And she, they weren't doing wholesale at the time. And she's like, yeah, let me, you know, kind of give it a, give it some thought and talk to her sister. And um, yeah, a few months later reached out and we were their first wholesale account at our 2018 pop-up. So we started with four of their shirts, their t-shirts and people here just fell in love with them. And now we, I mean, we carry a load of their, their (laughs) sweatshirts, um, koozies, tanks, all the things. And we kind of pride ourselves on being kind of the go-to place in Northeast Iowa for getting your Midwest girl goods. Joe Road Candle Co is another one. Michelle, I think I found, met Michelle through Reagan actually. 
And her candles have just been amazing here in, in, in this area. And Scrapwork, Dawn from Scrapwork, she was one of our original original vendors too. She's local here in Decorah and does um, a lot of reclaimed and new wood art that's very neat and very popular. So yeah, there's I could go on and on, honestly. <laughs> I'm sure you could. And I love like watching you light up. I know the listeners can't see this, but like watching you light up as you talk about the women that you've had a chance to bring into the shop and like the stories that come along with it. Kind of like we started with the stories of you growing up as a young girl and how each of the people who you bring in as a maker in your brand, there's a story behind how you got to know them, how they made their products, what products came into the store and when. And that's what I think makes rendered unique. So unique, not to be super punny. But I think that there is so much heart and there's so much story and it's more than just a place to go and shop. It's a place to go and connect through goods. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I love telling our customers, you know, the story of the maker behind the product or the story behind the actual product. I think they appreciate knowing where their goods are coming from and and the meaning behind them and knowing that, you know, there's someone here in the Midwest that, that designed that product or came up with that scent or designed that t-shirt. So it's pretty cool. Mm. So over the years, having these, all of these great things, bringing them into the store, how do you know, like when it's time to bring in a new maker, what does that process look like for you? Do you have a standardized process? (laughs) Um, I'm always, you know, always on the hunt for, for new makers, or if I come across someone that I think will be a good fit for the, for the shop, we recently, well, I guess it's been almost a year we had, this was just kind of a funny one that our funny way of how they became part of the shop, but Estee Jewelry, um, Julia Johnson, she was a Luther grad and was here last October staying in the the retreat, which is our our little Airbnb above the shop. And her girlfriends stopped down and they were like, Oh, our, our good friend, Julia, she makes this amazing jewelry and she brought it with her and you should take a look at it. And I was like, yeah, send her down. And yeah, met her. She's got this amazing jewelry and, and asked her if she'd be interested in having it in the shop. And she was all on board and She's become literally one of our, one of our best sellers every week. So it's kind of fun that she was a Luther grad. She's in Minneapolis now. Um, but that was just kind of a happenstance that she was staying upstairs and had brought her jewelry for her friends, all the purchase from her and ended up being, you know, now a maker in the store. So that's so cool that it, it just goes to show too. There are so many people who have these talents and they have these things that they can do that you would never even know, but it takes one person like putting it out there. So like you doing this business and then through, which I think is maybe I just think this, but through like small town connections, people will tell people they'll connect people. And then that's how you get an idea to grow and become something bigger. And that's an example of that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that is so true. A lot of my makers I've met through other makers, you know, I feel like there's this kind of community of sorts on social media or in small towns where you're, you're connected with people that you feel are going to mesh well or fit well with what we've got going on. 
And over the years, it's not just the makers that you've brought together, like in as far as like the people meshing, you've also started to build a team. And I know that like, you, oh, wait, I'm not even going to take a stab at this. How many people are on your team at Rendered Unique? So I've got four girls that work for me now. Um, I've got Olivia who works full time with me every day. She's a godsend. And then I've got Keegan, Ella, and another Olivia that, that work for me part-time. Uh, what are some of the things that you've learned bringing a team together over the years that like maybe kind of the frame that we took earlier too, what were some of the like surprises or some of the struggles as far as not just having a shop you've now evolved into having a, almost a company? Yeah. Or not almost. Well, you I do I've never seen myself as a boss or a manager. <laughs> so hiring someone was, yeah, definitely, I don't want to say a struggle, but just, I was just hesitant. You know, I felt like I could mm-hmm. just take it all on and, and do it. But then I got to the end of 2020 and I was like, I got to get some help in here just so I can have a day off, you know, or be gone with my family for a few days. So I ended up bringing Olivia on in January, 2020. and. Yeah. Like I said, she's been amazing. I feel super comfortable leaving her in charge. If I'm away, um, she's kind of become my shop manager of sorts. Um, I rehab all the furniture in the shop. So if she's in the shop, I can be out back in my garage shop painting. It's just given me so much more time and and life work balance if there is such a thing, but yeah, I, I, like I said, I never saw myself as a boss, but I've got a great group of girls and I love seeing them grow and develop and be able to talk to the public and really take an interest in the makers and the products and what they're doing. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. When you first brought Olivia on in 2021, did she come on in a full-time capacity right away? Or did you kind of grow her into that role? She actually did come on full-time right away. Yeah. So I just felt like I needed help, you know, even in the back end of doing inventory and ordering and then just managing the shop. Um, and it just freed me up so I could be doing painting and, and that kind of stuff. And she could be in the shop handling customers and stuff. So yeah, she came on full-time, which was, which was great. That's so awesome. One of the questions I get a lot from listeners is about the idea of hiring and building a team and how do you find the right people for the right roles? And I think it's really cool that people like you are demonstrating this and that, you know, you can't do everything by yourself. You can to a point, but at some point you need to bring in help and allowing people to come in and do the things they do best really does bring the whole business up a level. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I've loved seeing Olivia grow as a leader and just, yeah, it's, it's been fun. So let's talk a little bit about what's coming up for rendered unique at the time of this recording. It is the middle of August. By the time this goes to air, you will have had your fall event, but you've got a whole bunch of fun stuff coming up beyond that too. So walk us through What's the future of RU look like in the immediate future and then maybe even long-term? Absolutely. So yeah, we do have a kind of a farewell to summer event that's happening a week from today. Actually, we're pretty excited about it. 
we've got three of our makers coming um, and setting up shop here that day. Allison Marie Design, Dawn from Scrapwork, and then Marissa from the Midwest Girl. So just kind of giving our customers a chance to meet these makers in person, bring product that they normally maybe wouldn't have in our store, and just kind of making a whole big fun event filled day that day. Um, we've got Traveling Tapster from Cedar Rapids, Jamie, she runs that and she's amazing. She's a lot of fun. And then we've got live music um, from five to seven that evening with Bree Sauer and then Katie Staggy. And they've, um, they've sang at the shop a few times now and people just love them. So yeah, we've just kind of got a fun, fun day planned um, just to kind of kick off the school year and also say goodbye to summer. So that's what we have going on next week. And then we also just flip the shop for fall. So we are in full fall mode here. So we have all of our new lines from our makers are in store right now. This is always my favorite time of year for decorating and all the good candles, all the things like that, sweatshirt weather. So yeah, the shop is, is looking brand new again. And um, fall, fall's always busy, but then yeah, as soon as November hits, it'll be you know, holiday season. So I think every weekend in November, we've got something going on, whether it's an event through Decorah Chamber or our anniversary, we always celebrate in November, Small Business Saturday, Pink Friday, all the things. So this time of year always flies by, and but it's a lot of fun and we love it. I am always impressed by the events that you have and how you bring so many of your people together, not just makers, but makers included, but also like how you incorporate your craft beer vendors or your musicians and really, again, just bring community around the business. And I think that's a testament to you as a leader in your community and also to the way you've built your brand to be more than just a shop in Decora, it's a lifestyle in a way that like, it's almost aspirational, I think, to bring community together in this way. No, it's a lot of fun. I, like I said, there's so many people doing really cool things and, and yeah, why not bring them together and, and get their names out there so other people can enjoy, enjoy what they're doing and experience it too. So yes, we love doing this kind of stuff. If you look back over the years and all of the successes and the challenges from the days of the pop-ups through the pandemic challenges through now we're into these like transitional times of 2022, like what are some of the surprises or like the best memories of this journey in entrepreneurship? Um, I think the best things are just the continual relationships that have been made. I mean, a lot of my makers have become really great friends and I love being able to call them or text them. And if I've got a question on something and be like, Hey, how are you doing this? Or, or how are things going for you? It's, it's amazing how open they are with their businesses with me and vice versa. And I love that. I love this little community um, and being able to kind of, you know, talk about ups and downs, talk about if things aren't going well, like, how did you get through this? And then when things are great too, you know, what, what's working for you and what's not, I'd say that's, that's been one of the highs and and things I, I love most about the business. This community is amazing. I feel like they have been 100% supportive of us since we started and 
I love when customers come in and, and just say, Oh, I'm just here, you know, just to look around. Cause it's my happy place. Absolutely. Come on in. We love hearing that. Like, you know, we, we love that you want to come to our shop and just, just walk around. Cause it makes you feel happy. So those are definitely some of the, the highs I would say. Um, what was your other part of that question? <laughs> Were there any surprises over the years or anything that really uh, stick out? I mean, yeah, there's always surprises. I'm trying to think nothing that really sticks out at the moment, but I mean, yeah, the pandemic was always a surprise. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. You just kind of got to roll with it though, I guess. What else do you do? You know, um, mm-hmm. just kind of figure out a way to, to keep moving forward or do things a little differently. I mean, I knew I wanted to keep going and I wanted rendered unique to, to keep building and, and be here. So whatever I needed to do to kind of make it, make it happen, keep pivoting. Uh, keep pivoting. That could be like the next Midwest girl t-shirt. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. I need for that for my water bottle. Keep pivoting. <laughs> oh yes, for sure. And then, um, tell Marissa, uh, I want one too. <laughs> keep yeah. pivoting. Yes. <laughs> Okay. So we have talked a lot about like your in-store presence and your online presence. So if people are listening and they haven't encountered rendered unique yet online, can you share where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So our website is just renderedunique.com, And then Facebook is also the same, just rendered unique. And then Instagram, you can find us at rendered unique decor. And the website has so many cute home decor things. I love, I know the only time that you and I have met in person was when I came up to the shop in, I think it was March of last year. And I was like, I came home with so many cute things. Like the runner (laughs) that I bought that day for my table is now on my kitchen table. We've got these cute little bunny. I don't know. She just has so many cute things. I love it. Okay, Jamie. So of our, sorry, we try to keep most of our things that, are easily shippable and, and items that we feel like we can get out to people on our website. So yeah, our website has definitely grown over the last, last year and a half. Love it. Okay. We're going to go into what is known as the small talk round here. These are all questions just off the top of my head. And I don't, I don't even know where they are going to take us most of the time either. So are you in? in. (laughs) All right. Question number one, what is your favorite product? If you can pick one that is going out on the shop floor this fall. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, (laughs) Actually, I will say Reagan's, her new flower sack towel design with the the vintage thermoses has my heart. I love vintage thermoses and I'm always trying to pick them up at little antique shops and stuff. So when I saw that line, I was like, oh, that's that has my heart. I love that stuff. So those are probably my favorite right now. Candle wise hometown quarterback. That is my all time favorite scent. I can't get enough of it. And now she offers it in uh counter spray, air spray, car freshies, all the goodness. We're going to have to tag like all of these makers because there's so <laughs> many cool things. And like, if people are listening and they don't know these makers off the top of their head, like they're all doing huge things too. Like yeah. Reagan from Doa Deer, she just opened a storefront and Michelle yeah. at Dirt Row yeah. Candle, she just hosted a huge event at her farm. So it's like absolutely so many big things. Yes. So fun. So much fun. Okay. So question number two, 
Mm-hmm. If you're not found at rendered unique on a given day, where are we likely to find you? Um, honestly, usually at home, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> usually home, maybe impact coffee down the street. Um, we live in a great neighborhood. I mean, our neighbors are some of our best friends. Our kids are able to just kind of run around, run around the block. We kind of, we live in a very idyllic neighborhood where I can just let them roam. And we live two blocks from the pool. So we love nothing more than just grilling with neighbors, friends, backyard, patio get togethers are our fave. So that's where we're usually Mm. at. Laid back and simple. I love it. Or you can find me on a patio drinking a beer, usually at Dixie's, which is a little um, beer garden here. So yeah. All right. Question number three. See, now I don't even know what I wanted to ask. Here's me like (laughs) totally blanking on this. Uh, I had one like in the corner of my mind. Oh, um, so we talked earlier about like some memories you had with your grandparents. Are there any items on the shop floor right now that make you like reminisce or think about some of those formative years growing up? Yes, absolutely. So I actually have a few products that I actually, um, had uh some of my mate well Regan from Doa Deer she did um a flower sack towel for me and a coffee mug that were based off a poem that my grandma had in her bathroom of all places this is my grandma Thompson who just lived down the road from us and was kind of a second mom to my sister and I and she had this poem in her bathroom I think she ripped it out from one of her little daily devotional books that she always had on her nightstand and she must have loved it so much that she framed it in one of those little clear plastic frames I used to get from like Pomida. Um, Mm -hmm. and it just sat in her bathroom and I just remember having it memorized as a young kid. And I think the words just, they totally embodied who she was as a person. And so Allison, actually, I had her make a sign for me many years ago that had the poem on it that I have hanging in my house. And then I had reached out to Regan to see if she could maybe do the, the poem on a towel. And, um, she wasn't able to put the entirety of it, but she was able to do the last part of it. And um, so now it's called, the poem is called The Way and is on a towel and also on a coffee mug. And the cool thing about it is how much it has like resonated with our customers. It's, it's one of our top sellers. And I just love oh. that people love it as much as I do and feel a connection to it. And I don't know, it's just, it's just amazing. And is that exclusive to rendered unique or does yeah. Reagan have yes. those in her line too? No, well, it'd be just exclusive to, to our shop. So I think that's so special. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is pretty cool to know that her, her legacy lives on in, in some sort of way. And, and yeah, I love that it's touched so many other people. Question number four. So there's just this one and then one more. I know that in January, you typically close the shop for a couple of weeks so you can kind of regroup, do some things. When and why did you decide to take January off? Um, off loosely, loosely take off. Yeah. Um, you know, it just, it's just a, a quieter time in retail historically, obviously. Um, coming off the holiday season, you're, you're tired, you're burnt out. Um, January is when the home decor markets are always held. So it's just a chance for us to, to go to market, kind of get set for the new year, 
clean the shop, restage it, gets me caught up on any furniture that I need to be, you know, get ready for the shop. I do customs when I do have time. Um, so it just gives me a chance to, to get caught up on all that stuff and do a huge reset and then just be ready to roll for spring and have all that new product from the makers and from market come in and, and the shop be fresh and, and ready to roll for another year. I think that's so cool because it gives, yeah, it gives you some time too. To it does. Just... It's nice. Yeah. It just... Yeah, it gives us kind of a time to set our goals for the next year and kind of have a plan and just refresh after the busy, busy holiday season. Awesome. Okay. Last question. Yes. What is something you want to do personally before the end of 2022? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, personally. Um, well, I'm headed on a trip with my sister in a couple of weeks, which we haven't got to do in a long time. So we're headed out to San Diego for a few days before it gets, gets crazy here, um, at the shop. Yeah. I, I don't, I might have to, you might have to cut this Molly. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's great that you're doing a trip with your sister. That's so nice. And especially for timing wise, like that'll be so nice to take that time for yourself before the craziness of holidays. Yes. So doing that and hopefully enjoying some, uh, football games, maybe Iowa state football games, Decorah football games, things like that. I love this time of year. It's my favorite. I'm definitely cutting that part about the Iowa state football games, but the rest we're keeping. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately (laughs) house divided. I know. Right. Well, Jamie, I always love talking with you. You are one of my absolute favorite people. I am so inspired by what you've built at Rendered Unique and the community that has come along with it. So thank you for your time today. And can you you. remind people one more time where to find you online? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Website is renderedunique.com. All right. Well, thank you so, so much, Jamie. Oh, thank you so much, Molly. We appreciate you having me. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well-lived being small-minded. <laughs>